It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studios, my friends, business partners, and fellow certified financial planners, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. The 401k is one of the most powerful wealth building tools that you will ever have access to. And it's useful uh, for working towards your retirement and financial freedom. So that's why it's critical for you to know the best way to access that money in retirement. And there's a little known trick to accessing that money when you retire early. So we're going to share that and answer any questions. Right, Meow. <laughs> if you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. Submit a question right there on the right. Wherever you're at on social media, we are there too. Submit a question there as well. And then also you can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. There are there's $6 trillion in the 401k within the United States. Six trillion. That is 20% of all retirement money. That's staggering. That is crazy. So Kevin's right. I mean, for our generation, and we've done a show about the, the origin to the 401k, what its original purpose was, which is not this, by the way, but this is what we got. This is the most powerful wealth building tool that you have. That's it. And so with that being the case, it is critical that you know how and when you can use this money so that you maximize its usefulness for your financial situation and minimize unforced errors. Okay, so we're going to talk about a couple tricks. There's two of them, actually, that we're going to be talking about. And they both center around when you're allowed to access your 401k for retirement. Okay, the first one I want to talk about is when you can access your 401k for withdrawals. Yeah. So if you've been using a 401k at work and you're you're building up these resources and and just thinking, wow, someday this could be worth a, a nice sum of money. Eventually, I'm going to spend this money. It might feel like that is so far off in the future. And yet we talk to clients all the time who they, they just warn us, hey, the years fly by. Mm-hmm. You're going to blink and retirement will be upon you. And uh, how, how great would it be to be approaching retirement and have access to all of the sacrificed money that you have been postponing the enjoyment of? And when, when you get to retirement and you actually leave your employer and you're, you're walking away from a paycheck, it's, it's time to begin living on your resources instead of on your labor. Um, at that time, when you leave the employer you may have access to the money immediately. It depends on what age you are when you leave. I mean, the big idea here, keeping it simple, and guys, we're going to go deep. This is, this is technical stuff. Both of these tricks, that's why they're tricks. It's not mm-hmm. common, common knowledge. But, but the common knowledge is, well, when you're working at the place, you can't draw out of your 401k to live. I mean, possibly you could take a loan, which, you know, that's an option. But that's really not 
drawing it out. It's you've got to be retired. You got to be Which retired. Which is the whole purpose of the 401k, exactly right? Exactly right. The government's giving you a tax shelter to save for your future. It's an incentive for you to be planning ahead for a long-term goal. They're not going to just give you free access to it when you're 37 years old, right? So what if you retire early then is the question. What if you retire? So we know that that um, the rules within the IRS is you're allowed to access your retirement tax-sheltered, qualified assets, they call them, blah, 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 um, when you turn 59 and a half to avoid the penalty. You can draw it out. It's, say, 401k pre-tax money. You draw it out. You have to pay tax on that money. So the penalty Mike's referring to is the 10% penalty that you would pay in addition, you if if you whenever you take that money out, you're going to pay applicable federal and state taxes. But if you take that money out before fifty nine and a half, you'll owe an additional ten percent. That's right. So, what if you retire? What if you've done that sacrificial work that Josh was talking about, and you're ready to be done at fifty seven? You're ready to retire early now. Now, of course, you can't draw Social Security then. What do you? What can you draw out? Are you just forced to pay the penalty? Well, so so here is a potential pitfall that you may even march into the office of a professional advisor of some sort who says, okay, you've left your employer at 57. We're going to help you roll that 401k over into a traditional IRA so that you don't pay taxes all in one shot. And maybe we can even come up. There, There is a little bit of fancy footwork that you could do to, to set yourself up to get some income off of that account. But it's very rigid. It's a risky move. It's, it's not your ideal plan. Um, and they may not uh, be first measuring to see whether or not you have a different option. This, this uh, kind of extra trick, so to speak, mm-hmm. that we keep referring to. And that trick is that in some 401k plans, they have written their document, their rule book, in such a way that allows you to access money out of your 401k after age 55 instead of age 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. So four and a half years earlier. If you retire from a company like this, who, who has this provision built into their plan, as, as long as you leave the employer after your 55th birthday, you could leave that money in the 401k and start drawing off of it earlier than you would that traditional IRA that the advisor I'm I'm dreaming up here mm-hmm. um, may have mistakenly guided you into. Can you believe that? The entire system says 59 and a half, 59 and a half, 59 and a half. But then there's this exception to 401ks that allow it. And it's not like looking for a unicorn here. A lot of them do. A mm-hmm. lot of them do. Mm-hmm. This situation's rare, but a lot of them allow this. That 59 and a half, 59 and a half. No, no, no. The money within your 401k, you can actually access penalty-free starting at 55 if, as long as you've retired. So if you've built up your 401k and it is your nest egg and you've got a couple million bucks in there, well, you're not going to spend all of that <laughs> in these first couple of years. So it would probably make sense to get the diversification and, and build some strategy by rolling over a portion, a large portion, to an IRA where you've got flexibility and other things but then leaving the dollars that you'd be spending, any dollars you might be spending until 59 and a half, leave that in the 401k. You can draw it out and and pay tax, but not pay a penalty. Uh, two things. Number one is it's 
it's likely that most people are not prepared for retirement at age 55. Right. Um, most people aren't prepared for retirement at 60. Now, there are folks that are prepared, but it's tempting if if yesterday was a stinky day at work and today's turning out to be even worse and you think, well, tomorrow, I can't, tomorrow. So, so there, I would encourage you um, to make sure that it fits within your financial plan. But the thing that the thing that you need to know, and again, this is kind of obscure, and our job is it feels like all day, every day, explaining stuff to people, stuff that doesn't make any sense. Like you can't get there from here. If you knew the rules and how things worked, you couldn't logically conclude that therefore I can get money out of my plan if I'm 55 or older. So it, the the rule of 55, the IRS rule of 55, is basically if the if you're if you're laid off, fired, or you quit between the ages of 55 and 59 and a half, you can pull money out of a 401k or a 403b. So think you know Notre Dame um, without the penalty. Now you'll still pay the tax, but not the penalty. And again, we're emphasizing that it depends on whether or not your particular plan has that provision built in. Mm-hmm. The, the IRS makes it available to employers, but it doesn't um, universally apply it to every single 401k out there. But it is. A lot of them do. So if you, f- if you find yourself in this situation, you're going to want to double check while you're working with your certified financial planner. Several things I, I want to hit here. Oftentimes, we talk about comprehensive financial planning. We call that one plan. It's getting all areas of your financial life together with one agenda. All profe- all financial professionals working together in unison, collaborating so that you can deliver one um, set of instructions, if you will, one map to making financial decisions. This decision on retiring this early needs to be made in the context of that. My goodness, it's got to be made because there's tax ramifications, cash flow ramifications, retirement ramification. So it's got to be made there. A lot more to hit with this strategy plus the second trick coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the wise ways to access your 401k when you retire? There's a couple of tricks, and I mean little known. You probably haven't heard of these, and you're going to hear about them today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Thank you to the attorneys at South Bank Legal as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of the show. Thank you very much. For all Wise Money content, you'll find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, where there are two, just search The Wise Money Show, follow us there. All right, so the 401k is your most powerful wealth building tool. You've got to leverage it to as much, not leverage, but you've got to use it to its greatest advantage, and you have to avoid unforced error. Well, errors. There's two tricks that you don't know about. We're talking about them today as to when you can access that 401k money. The first one we're about to wrap up, but there's a little bit more we need to hit here, specifically around financial planning context. If you retire or are terminated or are forced out, 
of your job before age 59 and a half, if your plan allows, you may be able to pull money directly out of your 401k, have to pay any appropriate tax, but avoid the penalty. Okay? We've said before, your certified financial planner needs to deliver clarity and competence, but also creativity. This is the creativity we're talking about. How do you apply it in a a planning situation? Well, at the break, we were talking about different scenarios where being able to access your 401k assets four and a half years earlier could make all the difference in you weathering some sort of storm in your life or maybe taking advantage of the opportunity to begin a business or or something like this. But I, I love that you first went to the fact that this has to be in the context of your overall financial plan. Because how often, and, and it's not just age 55 or age 59 and a half or your social security age, but many people base their retirement goal on what the government says is full retirement age. In the age 59 and a half, most people are not going to be ready to retire. At age 55, most people are really not ready to walk away from a a paycheck and start living off of the assets that they've built because they haven't had enough years to accumulate. They haven't had enough years to let that money grow. But what if you have no choice? Right? Yep. And if you find yourself in that situation after age 55 and your retirement plan allows for this, it may be a way for you to access some money and get through some sort of rough patch while you finish up your career. Um, the thing to keep in mind, though, is that every time you pull money out of that 401k, you're creating taxable income. That income is going to be counted on that current year's tax return. You're going to pay tax based on whatever tax bracket you fall in. So if, if you're pulling a lot of money out of the 401k, you might find yourself creeping into higher and higher brackets. But keep this in mind as well, that the government requires that you withhold 20% for federal taxes each time you pull money out of that account, regardless of whether or not 20% is the right amount to cover that growing tax bill. I was meeting with someone yesterday who's in the 24% tax bracket. He can only withhold 20, so it's creating a problem. He's now done it for the second year in a row, and we start talking about how do we avoid a penalty from the IRS because it's not withholding the correct amount. Think about this, though. If you only need to spend this much, and really you're only in the 12% tax bracket, they're going to withhold 20, meaning you've got to draw more money out of your 401k so that they withhold 20 so that you're left with the right amount, meaning you've got to pay tax on more money than you're forced to. So lots of planning implications here you got to be watchful of. You could get caught off guard as well because... The government does not require that you withhold money for the state income taxes as well. They now allow it, but they don't require it. That's right. So you don't just let this be on autopilot if you decide that you need to access some money after age 55. A couple other really, really quick, because we've got to get to the second trick here, but a couple other planning implications. Say you've done a great job saving up and you're ready to transition from your job to your dream and your dream is being entrepreneurial and you've been doing this side hustle and you're ready to go, maybe you could use your 401k to fund some of that, right? If you retire after 55, but before 59 and a half, your plan allows this. If you've built a, a, a comprehensive financial plan, one plan that looks and says, well, yeah, this can work and you can use your 401k to fund the dream or before that dream job, your, your new company that you've built, Start kicking off income. You can live off your 401k. That's another great use. And then the other thing is 
think about the idea of if this is you that's really, really young to retire, living off some of that 401k, but then rolling a big chunk over to an IRA and starting to do Roth conversions while you're young, where you've got several decades for that money to grow tax-free then in a Roth. So lots of planning implications, but this trick is out there. Work with your certified financial planner who's doing one plan and see if this fits for you. Second trick related to accessing your 401k. The first one is when you retire, but the other one, the second trick is when can you access your 401k for a rollover or a transfer to an IRA? Yeah, these strategies are almost opposite in in their objective, right? Like our, our first example, this first trick was a reason for keeping the money in the 401k after you leave your employer. If at age 55 you can access it without a penalty, great, leave it there because an IRA does not offer that. Or at least a chunk of it there. Leave right. some of it there. But more traditionally, many financial professionals would say, you know, actually when you leave an employer, you may want to seriously consider moving money to a traditional IRA because you have more investment options available to you. Flexibility of, of withholdings for taxes, a lot of flexibility. So it makes a lot of sense. I, I didn't look up the statistics, but for the, for the majority of people, when you retire, you should roll your 401k to an IRA. It's kind of the default, yeah. right? Well, it is a little known option that many retirement plans give you the ability to actually move the money out of your 401k at work to that traditional IRA while you're still working. Before you retire. They call it an in-service withdrawal, an in-service rollover. That's right. So in-service withdrawal would be you taking possession of the money and spending it, which could hurt you from a tax standpoint and a penalty standpoint. But if instead you're really just repositioning the money from your employer-sponsored plan to your own individual retirement account, IRA, it gives you that flexibility to really change the way you're investing the portfolio. Inside of an IRA, you have the whole world to choose from as far as investment options, different mutual funds or stocks and bonds, CDs at a bank or real estate holdings. You have so many choices and maybe that IRA could afford you the ability to just tweak and adjust your, your mix of investments so that you're um, putting yourself in the best possible position to achieve your retirement goal. Yeah, that is a lot of times people say, well, what's the case for doing that? And really, it depends on what types of investments are available to you in the 401k. If the only kind of a stable value or I don't want to use the G word and say guaranteed, but let's just go with that and say the only kind of guaranteed type of an investment is a money market. We know money markets are not guaranteed, but if it was, if all you had access to was a money market to feel very um, safe secure, and stable yeah. and secure, um, money markets aren't paying a whole lot. And you, there, there are other types of investments that you can gain access to within an IRA that, that would pay you multiples. I was just with a, a a client, and we looked at the the money market account within his 401k, and then we looked at a guaranteed. And forgive me for using the A word here, but we looked at a a, a, a five year guaranteed annuity, and it was the the five year annuity was paying ten times what his money market was paying, 
and fixed annuity, not variable. Fixed annuity, yeah. right? So it's clear. It, again, it's just I put the money in, it pays a certain rate for a certain period of time, and at the end of that time, I get my money back with the guaranteed interest rate credited to me. So that there are that being said, without getting more complicated here, mm-hmm. the, there are investment choices available to you that you can access through an IRA that you may not, you may, but you may not have access to within your 401k. Uh, I, I got to tell you a story about, about this. And I think you'll, you could find yourself in this story, but, but first, once again, even though this is allowed, your plan document, your retirement plan needs to accept this, needs to write this into the um, how your plan works. So it's got to be in your plan document. It's got to be allowed. Most of them do. Many of them do. If you work for a large employer, you're likely able to do this. And then it depends. At 60, you could, or at 55, you could. So you want to know those rules. So, all right, a little bit more on this and then listener questions. That and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. While you're still working, maybe you're close to retirement, but while you're still working and you want to diversify your 401k, can you roll it over to an IRA while you're still working? If your plan allows, turns out you can. That's a little known trick. That's one of two tricks we've shared with you today about the 401k. This is the Wise Money Show. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Thank you, as always, to Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and her inspired team of realtors. Thank you very much for making the Wise Money Show possible. If you're not listening on the YouTube channel, I'd encourage you to do so. We always have bonus content where over the commercial breaks of the radio show, we just keep talking. And Kevin had some great bonus content just a moment ago. So you'll find us on the YouTube channel. Just search The Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it and click that bell so that you're notified of all future episodes or any of the vlogs or other videos that we post there. Okay, so we talked about there's if you're retiring early before 59 and a half, you could be subject to a 10% penalty when you withdraw those dollars. However, the IRS allows 401ks that adopt this, this provision, you can actually access your 401k. As early as 55, it's taxed, but it's not penalized. But what about accessing your 401k for a rollover before you even retire? It's called an in-service withdrawal. Many 401ks offer this, not all of them, but if it does, then at whatever age they state, most of them say 60, but some say 55, Even though you're still working, you could roll all or a portion of your 401k to an IRA. Why would you do this? So uh, last year, meeting with a a newer individual who came in and said, "I, I need a certified financial planner because I'm looking to retire next September. September 30, I'm done and I'm prepared and so on. So, But I need a plan and I need all areas of my financial life working together to make sure that we can execute that. And so did the plan, built it, and from a retirement standpoint, yep, you're on track. Now it's not, it wasn't great. There were some trade-offs we needed to walk through and some short-term cash goals, but but it can work. All right, so if the plan can work, how should you be invested? How should your 401k, really the nest egg was all in the 401k. How should your 401k be invested? How much money are you going to need to start drawing out of this thing, out of this nest egg 
early in retirement. So what? how much should be set aside for short term? And we calculated and it was about, it was a couple hundred thousand dollars, okay, that needed to be short term. Within his 401k, the only short term option is there was one bond mm. fund. Yep. Because bonds aren't really fun to talk about. So 401ks, they don't have a long list of four, uh, of investment choices because history research has proven that the longer the list of investment choices, the less likely someone is to use the 401k. It's intimidating. I understand that. However, you want a long list to make sure you've got good diversification and you've got good funds. Well, stock funds are obviously more popular. So this plan only had one bond fund and then it had cash. It wasn't even in a money market. It was cash. It was not paying anything actually, mm. the cash fund that they used. And so, but we just proved that, hey, you're going to need to start using some of this money in the short term. We do not want this money fluctuating with the market. And so we looked and we laid it out and yes, it made sense because of the timeline that his overall plan sh- revealed of when you're going to need this money and how much this much needs to be short term, shouldn't be in the 401k. And we walked through the steps and he says, absolutely, we're doing an in-service rollover to an IRA so that we can implement it the right way. Now, I have no idea what the next year of investment performance is going to look like, but I know that the money that he and his wife need in the short term will not be subject to those ups and downs. That's exactly right. So it really is not about the investment performance. It's about doing what's prudent for their financial plan. And if they're inside of a year before they're going to be using some of that money, getting some of it in a stable investment is important. But as you just said, I mean, what what a great example of how many individuals are really, you're at the mercy of the investment uh, options that have been made available to you inside that 401k. Listen, the 401k is an amazing, amazing vehicle. I mean, you think about how much money and flexibility you have. A tool that will pull money out of your paycheck automatically so that you can be systematic in your approach to building for retirement. You're allowed this year to save $19,500 into a 401k. If you can afford it and if your plan calls for it, it is a big bucket for you to pour a lot of money into. If you're over age 50, it's another 6500 So that's a total of $26,000 that you could save into a retirement account. IRAs and Roth IRAs are not that big, but the Roth IRAs or the traditional IRAs, they have an advantage in that you're not uh, limited to the investment options that your employer has provided to you. You have maybe some of those stable tools that could play a very important role as you said, Mike, in that last year as you're, as you're marching towards retirement. Even for the long-term money, we calculated that. And so, okay, how much of the nest egg needs to be for long-term that did not have real estate as an option inside the 401k, only had large cap growth, did not have a small cap fund, and there was no emerging market fund. So we really couldn't get the diversification even for the long-term. And so he decided to um, to transition both the short-term and the long-term money out so that we can get better diversification. Which that brings up a, a, a need for a, um, a a plug, some some shameless self-promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, we we serve at Corhorn Financial Group, we serve retirement plans. So it, it really, the retirement plan, it's all about employee outcomes. So what kind of outcomes are we getting? 
helping the employer or the plan sponsor get for their employees. And so if you have questions about your 401k, if your 401k hasn't been benchmarked in the last three years, if you have questions about the cost of the investment options or what should the investment options be, we would love to just sit down and talk with you about that. Yeah, not all 401ks are created equal, are they? No, not even close. You know, some some have been on autopilot and really have been unattended to for a lot of years. And uh, unfortunately, that can affect, it can have a negative impact on someone's outcome in retirement just because they're a little bit handcuffed in what they're what type of investments they have to to choose. But I would still emphasize, though, like, don't let that be an excuse. Oh, I've got a crummy 401k. I don't have a lot of options or anything. It is still the behaviors that you bring to the table are the greatest determinant on whether or not you're going to succeed in your retirement. The investment options will, will enhance it or maybe make it a little bit more difficult. But the point is, are you saving the right amount? Are you taking advantage of the employer match that's available inside your plan? Whatever the case is, use that 401k, but know about these types of tools or these types of options that allow you to maybe access the money, get the money repositioned into an even better uh, investment approach so that uh, you're really playing to the strengths of both types of plans. All within the context of one plan, one overall strategy. Don't do this just to get sold something. No, it's got to be part of one agenda. And that is what are you trying to achieve financially and how are all six areas of your financial life working together to help you achieve that? When you're doing comprehensive financial planning, which we call one plan, these are the types of creative solutions that will come out. So... All right, we're going to start scratching the surface on on some listener questions, questions from fans of the show. The first one's, oh, oh, so good. Tim, 61, Granger. I'm helping my aging parents with their finances. They both have Alzheimer's and are in deteriorating health. At what size net worth do inheritance taxes kick in? First of all, Tim, our heart goes out to you. I'm dealing with that as well for for some family members and I know just how difficult that can be. Stepping in as a child to help parents has a lot of dynamics. And when finances are rife with emotions and secrecy and potentially, the interesting thing about Alzheimer's is there is skepticism as well on the part, the person who's going through that disease starts feeling like they're losing control and so they they hold on even tighter. And so I commend you for doing the hard but right thing to step in and try to help. Now, there's good news (laughs) with this whole idea of inheritance taxes. And we get this question a lot. um, And you've got to look at it from both a federal level as well as a state level. Tim, you're in Granger. We don't know where your parents live, though. So we're actually going to we're going to talk about both of those both the federal level when it comes to inheritances as well as at the state level. So after that we got a great question from Jeff here about tight cash flow and we're just not quite getting ahead how do we do that? So that and more coming up here on the Wise Money show with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. How big does the inheritance need to be for it to be before it's subject to an inheritance tax? Great question. We get this question often, not out of greed, but just out of curiosity. How's this thing going to work? And is the money that I might receive going to be taxable? We've got that answer in just a second. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you love listening to podcasts, the Wise Money Show is wherever you listen to podcasts. We're right there. Just search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it so that you are made aware every time we drop a new episode and then you are able to listen as you're exercising you're walking around you're driving in the car you can catch the wise money show rate the show and uh, leave a comment there as well we appreciate it all right we're into listener questions first one's from tim he's 61 from granger helping my aging parents with their finances they both have alzheimer's and are in deteriorating health at what size net worth do inheritance taxes kick in that's a great question, Tim. And at the risk of rephrasing your question, oftentimes when I hear that question, there it, it means a certain thing. What oftentimes people are asking is, will I have to pay tax on any of the money that will eventually get to me from my parents? Now, that's not the question you asked. So let's answer the question you asked. The question you asked was about inheritance taxes. If if the state that your parents reside in has an inheritance tax, there will be some sort of a state inheritance tax. And usually there are, there are certain phase-outs and certain amounts. And I think it's only about half of states yeah, these days. Many, though. many states have eliminated this in their tax code, though. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's likely that you won't have any kind of state. But you could. But you could. And then If there, they live in Indiana, by the way, you do not. So we can rule Indiana off your list if they live with you or nearby. Yeah, I think you said you're you're in Granger. So and then the other thing is of the states that do again, it's maybe about half. Several of them, if you're leaving it to a direct family member, it's not. There is no inheritance tax. So the ones that do, there um, many of them don't tax if it's going to an immediate family member. Right. And then there are other states that have what's called an intangibles tax, yeah, which so. is you, okay, now can't, you, you can't get up. your hands you, around you can't really. So, but, so think, okay, so state, there may be something, it's likely that there isn't a, a state inheritance tax. And then on the federal side, it depends on how much money they have. If they have north, let's say of, of 11 and a half million, then um, there's about a 40% tax rate on that money. If they have north of $11.5 million, hopefully they've done some planning. Um, and if they haven't and they're still alive, they you need to do some planning. You could possibly double that $11 That's million, right. $11.5 up to Per person. 20, yeah, right. So m- most people, you know, most Americans um, are not going to be subject to the federal estate tax that Kevin was just referring to because as successful as maybe you've become in your financial life, not everybody reaches, uh, you know, north of $10 million in their overall estate, much less $20 million. 
So the bigger tax that you, you need to maybe be concerned about or just pay attention to is whether or not there's going to be any residual or leftover income tax ramifications to you. Your parents may have money positioned in certain assets that are are growing tax deferred. They're under a tax shelter like an IRA or a 401k, maybe an annuity of some sort. But any of those income taxes that go unpaid during their lifetime eventually will get paid um, as you inherit them. It's called income in respect of a decedent. How's that for some jargon? It basically means you're paying the income tax for someone who passed away. And you, you may have to pay, sometimes it's in a big chunk, all in a short amount of time. Other times it's spread out over uh, many, many years, maybe the remainder of your lifetime. Um, but the, the point is, not every asset that you inherit from your parents someday will be taxed the same way. Many assets will come to you completely tax-free. That's right, because they receive something called a step-up in basis. And so this might apply to the house, and it might apply to any you know stock certificates that you might find in a drawer somewhere, or a just a, a brokerage individual account or joint account. Sorry for the jargon, but a lot of those will receive a step-up in basis. And if you sell them quickly, essentially there's not tax there, yeah. You know, as you step into um, kind of a support role, Tim, and helping your parents, I, th- I think it's really important that you get your mind wrapped around where their financial life stands. And, and this might be difficult because general, uh, if, if I overgeneralize, many times some generations just kind of keep their cards close to their vest. They don't really want to share this with, uh, w- with family members. But if you could build a balance sheet that shows where all their assets are, just going line by line, how much do they have in investments, how much is in the bank, how much do they have in real estate holdings and other personal assets, just list it all. A certified financial planner could sit down with you and help you understand what the tax ramifications are for each line item. And maybe there's some some action that you need to be taking uh, before their health deteriorates too far or before they ultimately do pass away, it's important to do that planning as early as you can, and a certified financial planner can help with that. If you ever think, hey, no, mom and dad's situation is so so simple. They don't need planning. These guys on the radio keep talking about financial planning. They don't need planning. Absolutely. The, the tax creativity mm-hmm. at that stage of life, but then also this financial inventory. You go two weeks ago to the show that we did about financial success. I mean, the outcome of that is hopefully that you've created a financial inventory for yourself called a balance sheet or a net worth. Mom and dad need that too. That's often the first step. As people come to us and say, hey, I'm starting to help mom and dad with their finances. The first step is, oh, go get a financial inventory. You got to list everything out here. And you often, it's a wild goose chase. Well, and, and I'm thinking of a situation that I just had. So the the adult child comes in and says, hey, I'm fine taking care of parent because I'm co-trustee. So adult child is co-trustee with parent. Parent is in a facility getting care and can't really make decisions. Well, they yes, you're co-trustee, but not power of attorney. 
So the co-trustee can't do certain things. The co-trustee can't sign a tax return. They can't. There. So I actually came up with a list of things that a power of attorney can do that you'd want to have a power of attorney do that a co-trustee can't do. And for whatever reason, this was overlooked, but it was overlooked in an estate plan that was done 12 years ago. Yeah. So of course it was because the the situation 12 years ago was dramatically different. And oh, by the way, we went back three years. And the reason why we went back three years with their taxes is because you can't go back four or more. So we went back three years and got a couple grand a year back in overpayments because their taxes weren't filed right because they didn't have one plan. They had multiple plans with multiple professionals and the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. But this was a scenario where adult child said, hey, this is, this is really simple. There's not, re there's not really much here. And as we began to peel the onion back one layer at a time, I said, oh my word, there's all kinds of stuff here. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, we, we may have listeners today who are um, in a similar situation as Tim. They're trying to be helpful to their aging parents. And, um, you know, Mike mentioned the first step of getting kind of an inventory of where someone stands financially. What a perfect time of year it is right now to begin doing that type of detective work because you're going to, your, your parents are going to have a flood of documents coming their direction that are going to give clues into where their financial life stands. They're going to get tax statements that show who's paying interest, what kind of distributions are happening. Are there some investments that don't show up on a statement anywhere? They only get a tax document once a year. Um, now's the time of year that that stuff starts showing up. And a certified financial planner who works closely with a tax advisor, a CPA, may be able to help you do that detective work and under, uncover exactly where they stand so that you can help serve them well. I hope that helps you, Tim. It's a tough situation. I know it personally, and uh, but hopefully you, you receive that wisdom and in all others of you that might find yourself in that situation. So, All right, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for being with us. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, Myself and all of us at KFG have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.